All right, g'day, it's Brad McKenzie. Good to have you back. Lovely to be here. Let's start with The Voice, because we've just been watching an interview with the PM on 2GB that was a couple of weeks ago with mm. Ben Fordham. And, you know, interestingly, Ben Fordham is, is not against The Voice to Parliament, but he's concerned that the government's going to lose the opportunity to get it through because they're not selling it properly, essentially, or they're not explaining it properly. Yeah. They're leaving the door open to general confusion and people will sort of say well I don't if I don't understand what it is clearly I don't understand what the benefits are then why would I vote in favor of it mm. especially when it's a constitutional ch change yeah you know, a constitution has been around for over 100 years became the constitution of Australia in 1901 and uh, unfortunately referenda are very hard to pass yeah I, I didn't until I was sort of looking into this I didn't realize that it was majority of people and the majority of states. We want a majority of people in three states. Yep. It has to be the majority of states as well. So that makes it's, it they're tough very to pass. hard. They're, they're really tough to pass. The famous example of a failed recent referendum, I think probably the last one that I can think of was the, refer, uh, the referendum on the Republic, yes. which I think was held in 1999. And unlike this situation, it didn't have the support of John Howard, who was the, the Prime Minister then. Um, and, and so that was, that was probably something that worked against it. Um, but also, I think it has to be also said that the, uh, the thing that was being voted on, the, the actual model of you know, what, kind, what, what specific model is going to replace the constitutional monarchy that we have, where we've got a governor general who's the Queen's representative, or the King's representative in Australia, and the governor general is actually appointed by the prime minister who's, who's elected by the people. So. It's, it's more, we have watered the role of, of um, the, the, the British connection, if you like, but we do have still this kind of hangover of, of the colonial days, I guess, in the, in the form of the, of the Governor-General. And Republicans couldn't agree or weren't able to present a clear model for the Republic to replace the constitutional monarchy, and, and that's one of the reasons why it didn't get up, and it didn't have support from the, well, from the government the, of the day. the main reason. I mean... You so you've got to be clear, if you're going to yeah. sell change yeah, to, a, to a constitution which, which kind of has worked pretty well, and if it ain't broke, uh, then why would you fix it? Yes, exactly. And so it, it has to be explained properly. So that, that seems to me to be one of the issues with well, the... Well, that was courts. the reason back then that I voted no for Republic. Not that I was anti-Republic. Right. I just had, you know, you don't buy a car without taking it for a test drive. You don't buy a house without inspecting it. Mm. You don't vote... For in a referendum for something that you're not too sure, you know, not too sure about. I I researched. I drive my family nuts, you know, buying a telly or buying a car or getting a computer, whatever it is. Mm. I spend, you know, I need to know. You like to do your homework, yeah. Because once I've bought it, once I've paid my two or three grand, there's no going back. Yeah. I can't take it back to the store and say, yeah, actually, I didn't make the right decision here. Oh well, bad luck. You're stuck with it now. Mm -hmm. Uh, and this is stuff that could be life-changing. Maybe not in my lifetime, but for my children, mm. referendum mm. to become a republic or not. And, and you sort of look back at... Uh, it's completely different, I suppose, but you look at Brexit and the people that voted for that and, I, and they're now saying, well, the reason we voted was because we thought this was going to happen and it wasn't... They didn't have all the information yeah. they needed and there's no going back. Mm. You know, it's, 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 yeah, well, that, that's right. I mean, economically, it's, it's, it seems to have damaged the UK. 
So you do need to be fully informed about all the consequences, even unintended consequences. The devil's in the detail. And, and it seems like that's the thing that's lacking in the argument for the but voice. I, but I think it's incumbent upon both votes, yes and no, to be researched and understand, you know, what what they're actually selling. At the moment, neither of them have... I would probably vote right now, if the vote was this afternoon, mm. I would probably vote no purely because I don't know what I'm voting for. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter how much passion the Prime Minister has or the people on the no... None of them really... Well, maybe they know, but they're just not telling us. Mm. What what it entails and, and how we're going to move forward with it and, and mm. what it will do. Mm. On paper, the, to recognise Indigenous people, and that, fantastic. We should have been, you know, well, we, you know, you could argue that we are anyway, but the only people that, that can really judge that are the Indigenous people. And if they feel they're not being recognised, then we need to listen to them. But I have to find out what I'm voting for before I can vote sure. yes. Yeah. And I think one thing that people... You know, there's been polling and stuff which is saying, this is what Ben Fordham was concerned about in that 2GB interview, the radio interview with the PM a couple of weeks ago. He's sort of saying, well, um, you, you know, you're in date. The polls are suggesting that this is going to be hard to get through. And it is because it's technically hard with the, with the um, requirements yeah. to actually pass any yeah. change to the Constitution. And that was done, I guess, by the, the people who... who crafted the original constitution because they wanted it to be hard to change. You know, they're, they're trying yes, to... Yes, you don't want to be able to change exactly. it. You don't want, you don't want a, a sort of a, a, a kind of thing which is going to provide stability and, and, and reliability and predictability. You don't want that to be easily changed, you know. So, so look, rightly or wrongly, there was a lot of belief and I think a lot of work went into getting it right to start with. And, you know, if you say that, look, it's lasted for 120 plus years without significant change, then they did a reasonable job. Mm. But... You know, I think one question that people have is, is, you know, what exactly is the voice? In the pamphlet, which people are going to get, and you can actually look at this already, it's at the uh, Australian Electoral Commission website, aec.gov.au. It has the actual wording of the, the, the document that will be, you know, apparently delivered to every Australian in the, I think, towards the end of the year. I think, that, I think the PM's saying between October and December, which is interesting that they're even being vague about that. Yes. And, and you assume that they're sort of waiting for the polls to recover before they... You know, they announced the time. Oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Yes. maybe. <laughs> but it says that, you know, there shall be a body to be called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice. Uh, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice may make representations to the Parliament and the Executive Government of the Commonwealth on matters relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. The Parliament shall, subject to this constitution, have power to make laws with respect to matters relating to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice, including its composition, functions, powers and procedures. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the people who make up the voice can make up... It's still got to go to Parliament, doesn't it? If I'm hearing that correctly, it's still got to go to Parliament to be ratified anyway. So so by having the voice to put that forward, have, have we not got that now with the Department of Aboriginal Affairs and the yeah. MPs that... Uh, Aboriginal you know, people who are MPs uh, in Parliament. That sort of thing. Have, yeah. we, have we not... Got that. How is how is this different to what we already have? Yeah, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, and I think this is this seems to be the thing. The thing that, that I'm reminded of a bit is the apology which Kevin Rudd did in 2007. 
And this seems to be a pattern with Labor. You know, they've been out of power for a while, as, as they were, they'd been out of power when, when John Howard had been in for, I don't know, whatever it was, 11 years or something. I think he, yeah, 96 he, to 2007, yeah. Yeah, 11 years. And then he finally gets taken out by Rudd at Ull. And one of the things that Rudd did first was to have the apology. And all that was was just inviting um, Indigenous people from all around the country to go to Canberra, and he stood up amongst them all and apologised on behalf of Australians for the, the bad time, the bad treatment that some yeah. that had happened. You know, the incidents that that, that had happened over the, over the decades in the treatment of, of Indigenous people by you know, particularly early on in the history of Australia. But that's all it was. It might have been a a kind of a feel-good exercise, but it didn't really change the situation for Indigenous Australians. No, it didn't re-establish anything. It, did, it, it wasn't a concrete thing. And no. I just get the feeling that this is this looks a bit like something similar. So, again, you've had uh, Labor out of office for, for nearly 10 years, I think it's nine years. Then they come in and they have, again, this sort of crack at doing something towards recognition and reconciliation with Indigenous Australians, which is in itself is a good idea, a nice thing to do. Well, but but, it's, but it needs to do something rather than just being a, everyone gets a pat on the shoulder and you all feel yeah. good and isn't that great kind of thing. And it's, it, in a little way, it's sad that it's come to that, that they feel, and don't take this the wrong way when I say it this way, they feel the need to apologise. They definitely, we shouldn't be in a position where we have to apologise. You know what I mean? Mm. This should have been righted years and years and years and And here's another one. Ago. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, really apologising for history is a bit kind of pointless in a yeah, way. I mean, I mean, okay, you apologise. If it's a genuine apology, it's something that it, it's for something that you did. It's, yeah. it's you taking responsibility for something that you did. But to ask modern day Australians to apologise for things that happened 150, 200 years ago, when, when uh, the British colonised Australia and yeah. settled Botany Bay and spread out. and It just seemed a bit pointless. And, and you're kind of apologising for something that you weren't involved in. No, you so know. what we need to do is maybe not apologise for the past, but present with a better future. Yeah. And, and that means... That means... Education, surely it means um, it means education of both of both the you know the European side of Australia and the Indigenous side of Australia. Um, it means um, it means creating job job opportunities. It means you know better in, in, integration and um, uh, assimilation. All those sort of things breaking down that sort of barrier between um, you know the sort of big city views of Australia and and the outback views of Australia. I mean, surely those are the sort of fundamental things that, that um, we're talking about improving. But I, I don't know, it just seems like these talk fests that happen regularly, but what do they actually achieve? No, there was an interesting story during the week of a young, young Aboriginal guy that died in custody back in 2020 and they've just had the inquiry. And the jail is privately owned, uh, so it's not a government jail, it's a privately owned jail. And he was 26, I think. He weighed 160 kilos. He had diabetes. He had heart issues. He, he wasn't a well young man. Mm. And he passed away in jail. And it's only now that the jail has decided to get an Aboriginal coordinator. Like, there was nobody there to discuss his fears with him of his, in inverted commas, 
peoples. So there was no one there at all. And they, they make up a, a good percentage of the people that are in the jail. Now, to me, that just seems, you know, that's what we need to be promising. Instead of apologising for what happened 10 years ago, we need to be promising that this is going to happen. Mm. That, that, you know, they may not have been able to save him, mm. but the fact that he pretty much died alone without his, his people around him to send for help or do anything like that just seems... It's the sort of thing you hear about in South Africa and mm. in places like that, that we all go, oh, tut, 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 that, oh, mm. that's bad news. Not you us. Know, it's them. It's not, not us. us. Them, but mm. it's, it's happening here all the time. There is a pattern of failed policy in, you know, I mean, we've had, there's, I think there's been two interventions where they've literally sent the army up to northern parts of Australia. And I've heard anecdotally from friends who've been travelling up there, you know, the grey nomads or whatever, they've escaped in COVID and, and done, a, done a road trip through the outback Australia. And this is that alcoholism really is a very serious problem up there. And, it, and it's, it, it makes it hard to run a business. It makes it dangerous for people. It, make, it's, it, it causes health problems. There was an interview intervention, I think, probably 10 plus years ago, where the army was sent up there and, and uh, they tried to make all these changes and, you know, things like you close the pub on the day you get your, your doll check because otherwise, literally, the check would just be picked up there and they'd go 100 metres up the road and straight to the pub. Banning alcohol, banning the sale of alcohol, banning and communities, Aboriginal communities with alcohol bans. They've all been, they've been things that have been tried and some of them have done a lot of good, but... We've actually done that twice. There was another, a more recent intervention within, I think, late last year, where the army was set up there and, and, and there was, it was considered, a, it was declared a crisis or an emergency. Mm. So there is a pattern of sort of failure, really, you know, identifying serious issues and for one reason or another not being able to go through with it, coming up against the same problem. Again and again, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but see, I, I always get a little reluctant to accept. Uh, uh, it's hard to describe, but if you look at the percentage of Indigenous people in those communities, and then you come down to Melbourne and you look at the percentage of alcoholics within our own white community, mm. I often wonder whether the figures, because you've got a concentration up there and smaller numbers, mm. you know, whether the figures are the same as, yeah. as they could be down here. They're just more obvious up there, perhaps. But I think, getting back to what we started to talk about first, I think the referendum itself mm. is something that, sadly, that we need. Mm. It worries me that we have to go to a referendum to do that. But mm. I know nothing, I honestly know nothing about what it's going so to So they haven't cause. really explained it yet. And okay, yeah. maybe that's something that's, that's a process that's going to be wrapped up now that the actual form, the official document that the AEC is going to put out, you know, send to everyone, that's now available online, yeah. uh, aec.gov.au. So you can actually look at that and you can, and you can then start a, a conversation, I mean, as we are, really. Yeah, uh, but it seems like there's quite a long way to go between now and, and uh, having people in a, a situation where they can, you know, make an informed decision. But, and it's funny when you... Um... And it's actually compulsory, by the way. Yes, you have to vote. Yes, you have to vote. Uh, I I find it sort of amusing to a point when people say, "Now I know for a fact that this means that the that people are going to be, you know, trying to reclaim land," and I know for a fact that. 
I don't know how you know for a fact because none of us know for yeah, a fact. Yeah. None of us have seen. Yeah. Yes or no. Yeah. You know, everybody's just sort of fishing around, and the no people will obviously push towards what they think are our fears and in inverted commas, mm. and the yes people will just be pushing towards, you know, what I, I call sort of sponsor the guide dog, you know, they have the lovely picture of the guide dog and he's cute and you go, oh, I'll pay him $5 a month for that. It, it, it just, neither side is doing the right thing as far as I'm concerned for me to make an informed decision. Mm. I think when you have something that's deliberately or that, you know, after a lot of, a lot of thought has gone into both the yes and no, you know, that both sides have had to really work out as best as they can how exactly that should be worded and and the AEC doesn't get involved in you know that it's 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 the way that it is now I don't know when I presume with a referendum like this the government actually has to give some funding to to both sides to tell their to present their arguments Mm. right it wouldn't be fair if uh, just because the government supports it and the prime minister of the day supports it that only it gets the funding from the government yeah. and, and that only it gets Good to have prime yeah. time coverage and, and advertising and all the rest of it. So there must be some, I presume, a, 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 an equitable, equal amount given to the to, to support the efforts of the no side. And then obviously there's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of corporations that have come out and said, you know, we support this. You know, I think the, I think the ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation, has come out officially saying, you know, we support this. Companies like BHP might have come out and said, we support this. And then, which, interestingly which, enough, there's football clubs, yeah. AFL football clubs that have come out and said it. Now, you know, that's a whole different argument, whether they should be getting involved yeah. in... Well, even companies. I mean, is it really their business or is it their domain, if you like, to to kind of speak on behalf of their shareholders or... Or, or their workers. Or, or their, their workers or their shareholders no, or, or, or even as a company. I mean... Yes, they have influence, and yes, they can influence their... And, and there's, I mean, unions have done the same thing. There's, there's big unions in Australia which have come out and said they support this. But I wonder whether they support this... Well, they support it because they, they think it's going to reflect well on them if they do support it. That's yeah, part of it. I yeah, exactly. But, you know, they... they yes, that was, that was what I was trying to say, whether there's a, um, you know, a, oh, where... I don't think anybody... I don't think anybody in Australia should not support the referendum if that's all it was. Mm. If it was just that question, should we? Yes. Hell yes. Let's, yeah. let's go yeah. ahead. Yeah. You know, like the Republic. Should we? Yeah. Yeah, we probably should. But, but then it's, you have to the open de- the devil, door. The devil is in the detail. Yeah, so you open, then you open the door to go, well, now that you've done that, this is what's going Oh, well, we didn't know about that. Mm. You know, so... Mm. Any company, I think, that came up and said just straight away, no, we don't support the referendum, mm-hmm. is it doesn't look good. concerned it doesn't that look it good. doesn't look good. And, and the funny thing is that, you know, that, that I mean, I think there's more people lining up to support this than there were the refer- the referendum on the Republic. But, well, that's, that's but, 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 but well, yeah. I, I, I get the feeling, I mean, I just, I mean, look, it was, it was 20 plus years ago, nearly 25 yeah. years ago, but I, I just don't remember it sort of attracting sort of corporate support in the way that, That's the, very that, true. that yeah. this has. And I think that it is to do with, you know, it's, it's the public relations of, of the BHP have yeah. sort of said, or the footy club or the ACTU or whoever it is that's, that's got behind it, is saying, you know, we actually think it's in our interests as, a, as an entity, as a publicly known entity and, and with, a, with, a, with a public profile, 
to be associated with this. And, and I don't recall that happening with the Republican movement back in the 90s. But even though there were people, plenty of people who, who supported the Republic, they didn't get their way, they didn't go ahead. Mm. Um, and partly because it wasn't explained clearly what the model was, I think you'd have to admit that that was, even I think even Republicans would admit that, there wasn't clarity on exactly what the alternative to a constitutional monarchy would be. And so therefore there was this uncertainty, so okay, what am I going to vote for? I don't understand. The people even selling the message don't understand what the, what the exact model is. They're not clear on that. No. In fact, there was probably division within the movement supporting the Republic about what the model would be. So therefore it didn't get up. But the fact that you were on the record of supporting it didn't count against you if it didn't get up, right? It didn't yes. matter. If yes. you had, if you know, and in fact, you were able to say, oh, look, I was on the side of something good, but you know, I was let down by the, I don't know, by the system or by whatever, you know. So, mm. I, you know, I, I still, I was a good idealist. I wanted something which was good. Yeah. And I guess that'll be the same thing if this doesn't get up. You know, if, if, the, if the vote for the voice doesn't get up, all those people, and there's a lot more, it seems, this time, yeah. Um, we'll also be able to say, well, at least I... So, so from that point of view, there's no risk to supporting it because you win because you, you backed a nice idea. Yes. Whether the, whether the nice idea gets up or not. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that then also sort of ties into what we were saying before about, you know, is this really a new Labor government like Kevin Rudd with the apology in 2007? Now you've got a new, a new Labor government after 10 years of being in the wilderness, nine years... They want to do something which, even if it fails, they can say, well, we tried to do something good. Yeah, so, this, this so, so, so there's a little bit of marketing you know, oh, that, that sure. goes with this, you know, or, or maybe a lot of it. The cynic in me says that, yeah, this is a bit of political grandstanding and mm. I've got no idea what this is going to cost the referendum. Exactly, it's going to cost a fortune. It's going to cost fortune. hundreds of millions of dollars. I'd like to see that ploughed into... Communities, schools, and hospitals, that sort of thing, and, mm, and training nurses. But gear it towards Indigenous people if you want, because mm. that's essentially what this mm, is. So mm. gear it towards mm. Indigenous people and families, and and I'm not saying give them a hand out, give them a hand up. You know, like help with housing, help with specialist hospitals, help with diabetes education, all that sort of thing. Mm. Put the money into that mm. rather than, well, should we or shouldn't we? Because as Ben Fordham said, he's not against the referendum, but he just can't see where it's going to lead to. And I think there's probably a majority of, you know, a majority of Australians will, will do that. And then the referendum will fail and they'll go, oh, look, we tried. <laughs>